So I want to welcome everybody to the Superpower Circle on Wednesday, August 26th. My guest today is Dr. Jane Bentley from Scotland, who has really been a great pioneer in uh, helping us research and understand what the heck this fabulous mode of work, mode of working with people is all about. Uh, you probably already know Jane actually or wrote a, designed a whole PhD program around exploring this process, the process of drum circles and other forms of group improvisational music making and really did as much to document. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Her thesis. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Yes, that was really quite an accomplishment. And that was, I don't know, how long ago was that? Maybe eight or ten, eight years ago or so, something. And uh, since then, of course, that made her an expert in, in that, this field. And uh, she's had great opportunities to further explore and experiment with her work, as well as listen to a bunch of other people talk about different aspects of the process. And in particular, what we're gonna focus on today is what's going on in our brains as these things happen and what, what are the benefits and helping us understand uh, at an even more deeper level the power of what, what we work with here so that we can portray it accurately out in the world and also powerfully because as we know the world needs more drumming right well good well let's get into it so you have been studying this whole idea of uh, music making and the effects on our people's neurology and emotional states etc for many years and so I'm wondering, where are you with it today? What, what, are, what are the most uh, strong strains of thinking today? And especially as, you've, uh, as we've been in this whole pandemic situation, what do, you th what do you think is most relevant to your work now and to our work? Uh, what's most alive for you today in, in all of your learning here? Um, I think right now is that actually it's simpler than we think it is. Um, I spent a year last year with an organization called the Global Brain Health Institute. Now I am just a facilitator and mm -hmm. um, I don't work in a university, you know, I play drums with people and mm -hmm. I happen to like reading books and reading papers, but my core is actually being in a facilitator and working with groups of people. So suddenly I'm catapulted into this, um, you know, very fancy university environment and all of my colleagues, you know, the first person I introduced myself is a neuropsychiatrist. The second person is this like health economist. And um, so I've signed up for this year's program and going like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Uh, this is gonna be way beyond me. Um, but it was a very diverse program and it was looking at brain health in very, very broad terms. And I think that's been my big surprise is that actually, it's not about knowing every type of neurotransmitter and neurochemical. Um, this message about brains and brain health really is that everything is brain health. Pretty much every aspect of life that we intend to has an effect upon our brains um, and particularly long-term on our kind of future brain health as well. Um, and as I moved through that year, what was very rewarding to me was that actually um, people who are at the leading edge of this are now so open to other things like music and and so open to the to the everyday kinds of activities that we do that actually you know it's not brain science except it is that <laughs> so, um, really what i found out during that year is we're doing it right 
we 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 have the right answer um in what we're, what we're doing and it really is that simple um i sat in one of the biggest experiences that i had during that year was sitting in on somebody's um a diagnostic appointment where the um psychiatrist was giving this diagnosis of dementia um there was a lovely couple sat there they'd agreed for me to sit in on it which was very it's incredible for them um to do that and to allow me that kind of space and you know i'm sat behind so people can't see me you know i'm not intruding in on it um and so i'm present in this room where this diagnosis of you know you have dementia is being delivered um and it really what he said really changed my perception on a whole lot of things um so this was somebody with quite young onset dementia he was only in his 60s um and the doctor was saying, look, I know you wish I could give you a pill for this. I can't, there isn't one. Um, pharmacology drugs, they, you know, they work with some of the symptoms, some of the time, there's no cure. Um, this is the medicine I'm going to give you. And he said, whatever you were doing before that you enjoy, go back to it. Find those ways to do these activities and to you know, to get out and about to open up life again and engage in it. If your friends have left you or, you know, stopped relating to you, get some better friends. <laughs> go out and make those connections. Um, you know, go out and exercise. And basically, you know, the recipe for living with that condition is to live a good and happy and active and engaged life. Um, this is your medicine, he said. This is the pill that I'm giving you. Um, mm. And that went all the way home for me, you know, that this, this is our medicine, the things that make a good and happy life. Um, there's, there's about six recommendations um, for maintaining good brain health. And, you know, there's the obvious ones of being active, no smoking, maintaining good diet, but then the rest of them seem to fall really squarely in what we're offering as drum circle facilitators um, try new things try things that ask something of you that are a bit stretching. Um, and particularly social engagement is huge in brain health um, for all sorts of reasons. I think, you know, there's the emotional reasons, there's our, our kind of self sense of self-esteem, all of that, but there's also, you know, unpredictable things are brilliant for our brain. Hmm. That's almost, you know, that's almost the best medicine. Predictability means we're not being challenged. You know, there's no, you know, no new things happening in the brain. So unpredictability, having a conversation is unpredictable because you don't know what the person's going to ask next or how that other person is going to relate. So anything that brings us into the company of other people and relating to other people is really important. And I think so right there, I was like, drum circles have it, you know, we've got social engagement, new things, you know, and learning stuff, doing things that challenge us, doing things for the first time. Um, so really, that's the recipe. <laughs> and that's how we, I think, interface with this idea of brain health um, and a healthy brain. So that's, that's kind of where my thinking's at, at the moment, actually, it's, it's less complex than we might think it is. Mm -hmm. um, perhaps when we were all thinking of our brain activity during that first conversation, we were thinking about, you know, things that make us think or things that do that. And actually doing the gardening 
is good for a healthy brain. Playing your drum is good for a healthy brain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cuddling your grandchildren, great for a healthy brain. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, and, and that is so powerful to think of all those things that we present in our circles with uh, the social engagement, the trying new things. Um, yeah, so, so getting into the actual physiology of it, I'm just imagining, you know, happy new brain cells reaching out in curiosity and forming and, and then replicating um, in, a, in a condition that's not stressed, you know, that's pulled by curiosity and a little bit of challenge, like you said, but not stressed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and I think... Um... Yeah, there were two main topics that struck me. And one of them is that the idea that our brain changes in relationship to experience. And mm-hmm. I'm sure lots of us have heard the term neuroplasticity. And um, the thing that really struck me is that that stays with us right up until the end. Even if you have a neurodegenerative disease um, like dementia or Parkinson's disease, it's still not all of your brain. So the other mm-hmm. bits, of your, it's still very possible um, to make these neuroplastic changes and to grow new connections. Um, here in Scotland, I've been doing a lot of work in hospital with people at the kind of far end of that dementia mm. journey, and I've still seen learning happen and new mm. things happen. Um, for example, across a series of sessions, in session one, if I offer somebody an instrument, they might just look at it in horror. Um, you know by session three they'll kind of gently accept it and start to explore it by session six they'll grab it out of my hand and start playing it Um, so new learning is always possible Um, and I think particularly if we're looking at sharing our programs with others or you know attracting people into these programs is that you know if we're offering number one it's that novel activity but number two is that that is possible it's always possible to engage with something new on whatever mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now, nowadays, um, the whole world was hit with something new on a massive scale back in March. And so I can imagine people saying, you know, I don't want new, I want to go back to what it was. <laughs> um, but so as you, as you think about us offering our services coming out of this, using what you know how do how can we let's kind of brainstorm how we can frame what we're offering in a way where new feels good or new feels better Mm -hmm. new feels soothing let's say Mm -hmm. uh and not just oh you know one more thing (laughs) one more thing that people have to deal with yeah (laughs) i think what's going to be huge for us coming out of this and for a long time to come is this idea of social engagement and things that bring us into contact with each other. Um, number one, because we've all been isolated, um, you know, there's that initial need and that initial desire to connect. But over the long term, if there's this shift in patterns um, where there's a lot more homeworking, you know, where people who used to go out to the office are now working from home, then that has a huge change on the amount of social engagement that we have. Um, And so, you know, if I was to have a little prediction, it might be that actually the leisure activities that we do um, in terms of brain health, there would be a need, you know, a huge need for actually things that take us out and take us into groups of other people and take us into relationship. Um, If there's less of that because we're not going into a workplace and sharing things there. Mm 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's going to be a huge shift in the nature and degree of interaction. And the interactions that do happen are more transactional um, rather than relational. So, yeah. Um, Can you, can you predict like if say you were um, had a manager in an organization and not really knowing about music and you know not really thinking along these terms um, what would what would what would I be seeing among my people that I would want to fix that I would want to change that I would or want to prevent um, that that uh, we could talk about in terms of we can help this we can help um, bring people together in a powerful way I think I've already experienced um, requests from people in that kind of environment saying, again, it's that shift from working in a workplace to working at home that actually people have felt very disconnected mm-hmm. um, in the home or if there's a, you know, a new organization that's pulling people together. Um, and I think even in our online offerings, um, music has this ability um to bring people together to bond people to help people feel like they're within something rather than outside of something you know this is called the superpower circle this is our superpower (laughs) social connection um and that you know that that way to knit ourselves together again um so i think that would probably first and foremost be what i would be putting in an offer to people um Mm. you know would would be that that connective power of music Mm-hmm. How have you done that online? Have you done that with online programs? Um, yes, I think um, there's, I mean, even I think when it's online, I think for us as facilitators, we're so used to engaging with music um, that sometimes we forget that Zoom, there's a huge visual component as well. And particularly when the sight of a group of people surrounding us with drums isn't there um, in a workshop, it's actually to put in quite concrete cues at the start of an online session of actually, you know, let's be conscious of how you know, we're on the, all in these little boxes. Um, how do we frame ourselves within these boxes? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we present ourselves to everybody else in those boxes? And how do we appreciate the sight and the connection with them um for example can we all wave at each other at the same time yeah. <laughs> <a> Mexican wave. <laughs> um so to bring in that visual element particularly as well on zoom if we don't quite have that sound element at the same time um and then if possible i mean it's hard in a big group if you have a relatively small group to do things where actually you know i might pass something to somebody else by saying their name and so there's you know quite intentional ways of connecting each other um Mm -hmm. within this online space Mm -hmm. right so if we think of it you know neurologically um we really are asking our brains to reach out and recognize another person or be Mm -hmm. recognized or you know i'm i'm trying to get more like down into the details of what exactly is happening when we do these things so that we really know why and how important they are Mm. yeah neurologically there's the mirror system within Mm. our brains that means you know we're primed to kind of mimic and you know enact well we are in in our brains we're enacting what we see other people doing all the time um and so when we when we intentionally tune in our 
your visual sense to other people, you know, that becomes that great reinforcing loop. Um, as a facilitator in a physical drum circle, that's hugely operative. Um, whenever you've gone, you know, volume up and you see everybody raising their shakers and instruments because your hands are going up, that's the mirror system in action because we want to to echo your movement. I can even see people's heads. <laughs> right, up. right, we are. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's nodding now? <laughs> well, so let's say you got a phone call from somebody who is finally getting their either classroom, uh, if you want to talk more children, or your their uh, work group back together uh, after being separated for a long time. And they say, come do an hour and a half program for my people to really help us get to a better place of reconnection after all this separation and struggle we've had. Mm -hmm. what, what, would you, what, what are the stages you would take them through or what would you be sure to do? You know, is there a progression and they're walking in the door, maybe they haven't even seen each other all in person uh, for months. Um, mm -hmm. How would you approach that to, to really bring a reunion type of program together that you knew would leave them feeling stronger, better, healthier, more connected at the end? Mm. I think um, one thing that's happened to a lot of us through this pandemic has been this huge change of pace that's mm. happened. The pace in our daily lives, you know, to me, I feel like I've got off the the hamster wheel um, and you know we're discovering this small space around it and I think it's not to be underestimated how potentially overwhelming it's going to be to enter that bigger space again you know if we're doing physical drum circles I mean I was with a friend and during a day recently you know we had quite long conversations with about three other people and by the end of the day we're overwhelmed um, because we, you know, we've been living these lives where actually we move from the kitchen to the bathroom to the, you know, to the desk. And, um, so I think I, for, for re-entering the world again, I would be thinking a lot about the pace of the drum circle um, and how we're taking people through things and actually potentially dial back a, a bit on the, all the bells and whistles of, of facilitation mm. and actually you know, take another look at how what are things we can do that really, you know, acknowledges each other as individuals? Um, we, can we do things with eye contact across the circle? Um, can we do things that um, help participants to exercise choice? Because that's mm. another thing we've had a lot less of is choice mm. recently. Mm. Um, and I was, I was rereading my brain health notes here. Mm -hmm. um, choice is hugely important for brain health. It helps sure. us feel like we have a sense of control over our environment, another thing we haven't had a lot of recently. Uh -huh. You know, so I think, you know, contact, choice, interaction, um, so thing, what can you do with dialogue within a circle in terms of rhythm parts, in terms of helping, the really helping the circle hear each other and feel each other? Is there a moment for people to acknowledge each other individually? Um, if you, you know, if it's a numbers thing, is there a moment for small breakout groups for people to actually do something together, either create a rhythm that they bring back to a circle um, and just change that pace up a little um, and allow that time for interaction. Um, I think even on our Zoom calls that, that, you know, we've all been parts of in different ways, I've noticed a lot more desire for just some chat and some social interaction because that's been denied to us. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so building a tea break. <laughs> you know, I think some of these, you know, we, we need to kind of put all these things back into the mix again that we've been missing out on, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and if I was if I was going full on brain health, I'd then perhaps include um, include some new learning. You know, is there a, a moment where you might set up four different rhythms that actually people remember and recall and put into it? Um, and possibly some kind of mindful, gentle space as well. Something that lets all this kind of simmer down and settle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think pace and variety mm-hmm. would be critical and we're not just on that kind of trajectory unless that's where it's going because I've right. you know, heard reports of people doing their first drum circles again and it's just gone bananas and everybody's <laughs> you know, partying on down. Um, so there's, there's no prescription. Um, really, it's being very attentive um, and thinking about what we've missed um, during this time away. Right. Yeah, I, I think you make a really good point there that um, to be attentive to that. And I'm, it just popped in my mind, like I, I, I say there's two different kind of groups out there. One, people self-select, yes, I want a drum. And others are sent there for some other reason, you know, and hopefully they want to be there, but they didn't exactly say, yeah, I want a drum. Mm-hmm. So, in, so the, the uh, drum, drum circles where people are all excited and go bananas are more likely to be ones where people have said, yes, thank God you got a drum circle going. I really want to be back in that circle. Whereas if it's more of a student group or work group or a recovery, you know, COVID recovery group, um, it's more likely to be, wait, who are these people? And what, what is my relationship to my coworkers again? And, you know, that level of uncertainty. And um, so that, that would call for more of a a moderate pace and 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 like you say um time the the rhythms of newness challenge uh, rhythmic musical stimulation and then time to let it sink in and you know back and forth yeah i think that's really great what are you working on now what's your hot new activities today hey, well my ironically my hot new activities um, is actually doing something with my thesis that i finished in you know eight years ago. Oh, really? <laughs> Finally got time to do it. Um, oh. so I'm busy writing that up into a book to be half theory, half thesis, and then half practical resources. And the, the kind of crux of it will be about this kind of music as a social facilitator, um, what that does to us in groups and how it works and you know how we relate to each other and what's the science behind it. And here's also some practical ways to do that um, so finally ironically I'd planned to do that this year anyway um, and now it's weird that yeah I'm really not missing anything um, by doing it right uh, oh I love that phrase music as a social facilitator it I the image popped in that I, I'm a facilitator and I'm bringing my friend music <laughs> and music is a social facilitator <laughs> Yes. Hi, John Hayden was really cold. He, uh, if you look at him in his in his little box, what he's done is yes. since this is such a flat medium, mm-hmm. he, he, I mean, he can speak for himself, but I really love the idea. And what he did is he created the rest of the circle in his space. Mm-hmm. So that you're, you know, so with all that behind him, you feel like you're in a circle with him, which is really cool and he's got you know little animals and 
And a picture. I don't know who that funny looking guy is behind him, but you know. I I agree that John set this up for his uh, DCF intro session on Saturday, and I was really impressed with how it made it made me feel looking at that. It, it was such a relief to me to see the circle, to see the little animals, which were you know representations of humans. It it just it really had a profound effect on. Yes, we're together. Yes, we're there's relationships. Yes, we make music together. So congratulations, John. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Um, I just want everyone else to uh, just see one thing, right? So we did do a, a, a Village Music Circles four-hour introduction of drum circle facilitation. But I wanted people to see me f physically to have to turn around and address the circle <laughs> for an attention call to create the, the roundness of the event. So, so over here, this group, keep on playing, you're my virtual friends. And over here, this group, you guys keep on playing. You're my imaginary friends. And in that way, we were trying to bring that, the, the feeling, the emotion of, the, of being in person, really, through virtual. That was our goal. Uh, this is Debbie. Hey, Debbie Kratt from Phoenix. Hi. Thanks again for doing this, you guys. Um, love it when I can tune in and see all these lovely faces. Um, I just kind of wanted to give you an update because we started mid-June providing free, uh, we called it free happy um, happy family hour. And um, we've had former clients and new people from the community joining in. And the last couple weeks, I actually got interviewed for um, our local NPR affiliate did a story on us. Yeah, I was super oh. thrilled about that. That was a really good story. And then the next day, so that they interviewed me on a Wednesday and it, it appeared the following Wednesday and the next day our Fox uh, Phoenix News, TV News got wind of it and they interviewed me the next day. So I got oh. two and and I've had, I had a new agency just reach out. Thank you, Sule. Um, yeah, so I feel really hopeful. Um, I've been trying a lot of these things that you guys have been sharing with me just in that group, you know, trying to learn. And I've learned a ton about online facilitation that I never thought, and it actually works way better than I thought. Oh, good. So I was so anti, all right, I'll do Zoom, damn it, was kind of <laughs> my whole attitude with it. And you know what? Seeing people that I love, you know, not just my team that are facilitating and learning, but, um, seeing people that I, you know, former clients that I worked with throughout their childhood and they're adults now and they're coming on to sing with me and they're asking, do the bright light song. <laughs> um, the bright light song, by the way, Arthur would know was written by Barry Bernstein like 30 years ago and I've hmm. used it throughout my whole practice. Hmm. And it's the most requested song I've ever done. So Barry lives on wow. in my practice and I love that about that. Um, I think we were we were talking quite a lot about the nuts and bolts of online facilitation still mm -hmm. um, and potentially um, it came up if somebody's asked you to do more of a, a performance online rather than interactive how does that work um, and so we were, we were starting to get into into that and into those nuances of actually even just being online is more like a performance almost mm -hmm. because there is a lot less feedback and and we can't use the rhythms of the people within the circle. Um, so for you know a huge extent, we're trying to provide that sonic environment ourselves for people. Um, so I think for me, I've been using a looper a lot. 
and I pulled the plug and bought this big looper at the start of lockdown. Um, and it's it's been my constant friend um, because it enables you to layer up rhythms and give different sonic textures. So you can sculpt the percussion or you can sculpt sculpt the drums and um, and help people, even if they're not able to hear each other, at least they can hear something that sounds a bit like a drum circle as well. Right. And you built your own new neural pathways learning how to do all of that, right? Yeah, it's been very good for my brain. <laughs> good. Yeah. Who else has got a comment or question or a suggestion? Something that has worked, a discovery. Let's see, Let's see Helga. Yeah. Um, I have the privilege to do uh, some live drum circles already. Oh, um, and where they have to be small mm -hmm. and they have to be with uh, distance, with physical distance. Um, and uh, at the beginning, I thought it's a big disadvantage and that I won't be able to work with these holes in the circle. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I then told people we have this disadvantage and we tried, let's try to make it as an advantage and to use the space, the physical space, also as an um, auditive space and use it for listening more. And mm. um, I, I never had so such touching um, and sweet drum circles like these ones, uh, mm. the drum these days. So, and I know that's a privilege that I can do it and it's, it's really touching every time. Uh. So uh, I just want to say um, the, there will be better times and um, encourage everybody to um, yeah to make the best out of it and mm -hmm. we can't drums um, we have to sit sit at our spaces um, um, yeah but it works and I really uh, want to thank Jane for. Um, for the impulse for focusing even more on on connection and um, just having it in mind um, that the connection was something that um, we didn't have all the time. Mm. We had it a little bit more here than um, on other places um, on Earth. Where are you, Helga? I am in uh, Europe, Germany. <laughs> Uh, Helga, Deborah says that you've been working with a storyteller at, sometimes in your circles. Can you talk about how you've oh, done that? What yeah. a small world. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I only did it once. It was not my idea. I was invited and I just jumped into it and thought, yes, let's do it. And um, yeah, it was really sweet. Hmm like a, a nice, <clears throat> we, we managed to combine spontaneously uh, sounds and drumming and, and music with the story she told. And uh, at the end of the event, she, um, I think she could facilitate um, as well. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <clears throat> um, yeah, we had um, different sounds and, and we did a drum circle, um, drum circle elements before and after the story. And we had some, um, um, some sounds that came over and over again, like the Mighty King um, mm -hmm. rhythm, something like this. Mm -hmm. um, and I was a little bit afraid it would be too childish for the mm -hmm. adult. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's sweet. And I'm thinking, you know, neurologically and based on what Jane was telling us, uh, to, we're activating, you're activating that part of the brain, the story following part and the imagery that happens. And everybody's listening to the same story. And, and so all that's in common and they're listening really, you know, so it's bringing that up. Uh, so I could see, and then they're participating during the musical parts. So Jane, Jane I mean, it sounds like the brain is firing on all cylinders <laughs> when, when you have that sort of combination. Um, that's great. And it, and it also, I think, you know, what we've learned online certainly is um, activities have to be shorter. They can't go on for 30 minutes necessarily in terms of music making. So, you know, story playing story and then same thing in person, getting back to what Jane was saying about maybe it's not throw everybody into one big hurrah, but have a more sequenced step by step uh, activities to reintegrate. So, yeah, good. Thank you. Mary, Mary, I'm wondering uh, the thing about the timing of the activity, is that just based on the fact that of the interactiveness of it? Because I'm in a situation where I was telling my group, I'm the one with the uh, shifting from inner, you know, interactive event to now performance and trying to, trying to bridge the gap of, of what's the energy you need to hold when you really aren't relying on that interaction and you're not going to be able to have any opportunity to interface. And so as far as I've been thinking, okay, well, what is that, can, how is that sustained over a 45 minute segment? Mm -hmm. You know, what are the breaks and the breaths and, and it's framed as celebration. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, contemplative is easy for me, but that 45 minutes of, okay, we want to celebrate now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm want to say yes. And I'm, my inner no is echoing a little. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, I found that um, my health rhythms workshops have been much better um, for Zoom. Hmm. And I think the online stuff for community drum circles works great, but really hard to do in the summer months when people really want to go outside. Hmm. So I'm looking forward to getting those uh, ramping up again in uh, probably the end of September. Um, what I really found helped with creating that drum circle experience is like Jane was saying, using a looping pedal. Um, I know a lot of people are also using looping apps and also um, GarageBand for uh, launching loops that are pre-recorded and building up that um, complexity of sound. Um, so you don't have to have an expensive looping pedal, but um, fortunately I was already playing with one with my guitar, so it was easy to transition to that. Um, the other thing I wanted to recommend was Cameron Tummel has some really good play along CDs and also some soloing CDs and they are really, really good because many of them actually speed up like a typical drum circle um, will speed up. And so you feel that the energy from the heating up or the enchauffement um, and it really does make it a lot more like the real deal. Um, that being said, I think it's also good to do shorter rather than longer. I always have a few uh, Zoom games to change it up. And I think allowing breakup groups to allow people to connect with other human beings, even people they don't know, um, is a really valuable service that we're providing through online facilitation. It's not just about getting people to drum, it's getting people to see each other and connecting face to face. And often I'll send them to a breakout group with a question about how are you dealing with life these days? How are you finding greater life balance? Are you getting into nature? 
So allowing the wisdom of the group to, to be shared with each other, because it's not just about what I do and what I know. Um, and so I empower people to share something positive that they're doing in their lives and, um, and, and reciprocate with each other. And I think people really have appreciated that almost more than the drumming. Um, and even want more time sometimes for the non-drumming breakout stuff. So I think the, the social interaction, the connection to new faces um, is just as important as the drumming work that we do. Um, Rufus, what you said reminds me of what Christine Stevens pointed out in the, as far as the brain, where, which parts of the brain fire when we're expressing ourselves verbally and when we're uh, impro improvising music, it's the same areas that those parts turn on in terms of expression and the parts that turn off are the judging voices, the critical voices, the evaluative voices. And that's, I mean, that's profound. And you, you've probably heard that before. So that, but that's what we're offering because, you know, cooped up alone in your house with your computer, what, what are those critical voices doing, <laughs> right? They're driving us crazy. <laughs> so uh, we're providing relief from that and, and really exercising those creative parts of our neural networks and giving the, the critical side a rest. So, yes, thank you. Simon. Simon Faulkner has a great uh, improvisation technique, which you can get in his book, mm -hmm. uh, Rhythm to Recovery. Mm -hmm. And I love to explain how the act of improvisation requires us to shut off a part of our brain. And I call it the itty bitty shitty committee, which people really enjoy. <laughs> right. uh, and I just wanted to throw out a plug the, to Arthur, the, uh, the last uh, CD that he recommended that he recorded with another gentleman, I forget its name. It's uh, full of amazing percussion music it's a wonderful play along track as well i can't remember the actual name um but it's, it's a really, really good uh, universal grooves play along and it's uh, james that's... asher and myself we do one album a year every time i meet him in england we are skipping this year for some reason i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> highly recommended it's very funky and groovy it's, it's we deliberately uh layered in each instrument acoustically on the track so you can pick out a part and then still hear it throughout the mix so it is deliberately mm -hmm. a play along cd but it seemed to have worked on lots of zoom programs lately mm -hmm. okay thank you for the uh, kudos uh, yeah. back to mute <laughs> yeah that's great okay let's see any other final words comments sharing suggestions questions hi mary Let's see, who's hi. talking? Uh, Deborah. Oh yes, hi Deborah. Uh -huh. Hi, I just wanted to share that um, I've only done one program because I was like really chilling mm -hmm. and thinking this might get lucky and go away soon. Um, <laughs> it's not happening, but um, I've been working with the Jimbafola app, hmm. which is an app because I play West African music. I, I, I do free play as well, but I like working in a container because mm -hmm. I have control issues. But um, so I like working with the Jimbafola app um, because it's inexpensive and I can pick any of the 50 rhythms and I can speed it up, slow it down. I can leave out, um, parts of the bells or whatever. And I use it as a backing track, um, for programs and mm. instead of drums, I'm using body percussion. Mm. Um, so I can do, you know, bass, tone, tone, slap, bass, tone, tone, slap. I can teach, I can use body percussions as the drumming patterns and show them the actual
happens because I work a lot with that music. So I just wanted to mm-hmm. share that. And I'm running that my voice and the app through a mixer and to Zoom. Uh-huh. So uh, I have well. a question. Who, who, who put it out? Um, the Jimbo Fola app um, yes. was put out by TTM. I wanted to just tell you that the next Superpower Circle will be September 16th. And I'll be coming to you from Jackson Hole, Wyoming, in the same wow. room, sitting right next to face to face with Christine Stevens. So, so yeah, we're going to talk about. Um, she's she's talking, thinking a lot about moving into or moving further into this whole idea of of consciousness, and and health, and how we really like own that aspect, that power of what we do even more, both through personal practice, like. How are we making that even stronger in ourselves? And then how we pr- present it out into the world that, uh, so that people really see us as part of the solution out there. So I'm really looking forward to that. And you'll be getting the email reminders as well. But uh, that's the next one, September 16th. Thank you so much to Jane. Thank you for your wisdom and all your work on this. You, you know, the fact that we have this credible, thorough, uh, dialogue going and study going on and you're getting the explanations of what we do out into the wider uh, academic and scientific worlds thank you thank you thank you really adds a lot of credibility and and weight to what we're doing so thank you and we can't wait to read the book (laughs) (laughs) thanks mary thanks so much for having me and thanks everybody for making it along today lovely to see you yes right All right, so let's give a great high five up to the camera and we will see you next time.